0: The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five.
1: Well, we seem to have been talking about Lee Griffiths as long as we've been doing this show. Why was Neil Lennon not starting him for Celtic? Why was John Kennedy not picking him? Would he be in the Scotland Euro squad? Why was he not in the squad? Should he have been in the squad? And would he be leaving Celtic this summer? Well, today we've got an answer at least to the latest of those questions as Griffiths signed a one-year extension to his Celtic contract Leanne what do you make of that?
2: I think it's interesting news if I'm being perfectly honest Um, I think it shows you what Ange Postacoglu must already know about Lee Griffiths that they've invested in him for another season Um, you know it's not up to me to decide whether Lee Griffiths has done enough at the club to earn a contract but certainly he's been a huge part of the success over the last number of years and um, perhaps a year is enough for both parties to decide that You know, if it's something that's got a future in it and legs in it and it's up to Lee Griffiths to go and prove everybody wrong.
1: I just wonder if it could be a a really good starting point for him. I know he's 30, but maybe uh, Ange Postikoglu showing some confidence. It just might be a kickstart to the career of uh, Lee Griffiths. He will hope so. Celtic fans will hope so as well. That was the voice of Leanne Crichton, Glasgow City midfielder, former Scotland midfielder. We'll talk more about Lee Griffiths as the show goes on. The Euros are back in business tomorrow night. Scotland are sadly still out. England are sadly still in. gang going to be European champions a week on Sunday if not who do you fancy to go all the way 0808 17 17 700 the go radio football show with Rob McLean Leanne Crichton lots to talk about in the next hour we'll talk uh, about Glasgow City's search for a new gaffer as well but lots uh, Let's talk. We're going to be talking shortly to Eric viatchenko the former Celtic uh, defender. Uh, he currently playing with Michelin in Denmark. And they, of course, are Celtic's opponents in the Champions League qualifiers. I think it's three weeks past on Tuesday that game. It's coming around pretty quickly,
2: Anne. It is for sure. Um, and I'm sure it feels exactly the same for the, the players and everybody associated with those matches. I th- Feel because of the Euros it, there's been that continuation of football, and I feel like we've never stopped, which we we probably haven't us specifically. Um, but the players won't have had much time off, and you know they'll be back into pre-season, and it's a big game. You know it's certainly going to be a huge test. I think I don't think uh, Ange Postecoglou will be judged on that one game, although we know um, how fickle football can be in Scotland. So I, I, you know, Celtic will want to start that game really strongly if they possibly can, and I'll be interested to hear what Eric. Hechenko has to say about Denmark and, and they're running the Euros as well which has been really exciting and one of the teams that I've certainly emotionally invested in over the, the course of the tournament
1: Yeah and there's talk of him returning to Celtic and uh, when we talk to him soon we're going to ask him about that and lots to say as Leanne says Denmark against Czech Republic is Saturday in Baku England play Ukraine in Rome and tomorrow night's games and well, thank goodness football's back because uh, it's been a touch of the withdrawal symptoms uh, over the last couple of nights. Uh, Switzerland against Spain, uh, tomorrow that's in St. Petersburg and Belgium against Italy. Um, just expanding on the on Lee Griffith's, uh, Leanne. I mean I, I just have this when I heard the news today, I just sort of thought, maybe this is what he needs. Maybe it's just somebody saying, Right, okay, let's go. You've got a year, go 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 and do it. And maybe get back in the Scotland squad as well.
2: Yeah, possibly. Um, whether you can call it luck on, on Lee Griffiths' part or not, the contract that he was on previously, you know, I think Celtic heavily invested in him and, and gave him a, a strong contract, which is just coming to an end now and and he has extended that but there's probably many managers that have have come and gone that have seen Lee Griffiths over the the course of his career and have probably had very similar opinions of him and perhaps similar disappointments you know in in terms of his performance, his fitness on occasions Um, and we know everything else that comes with Lee Griffiths but undoubtedly for me he's one of the best strikers that that Scotland have have had in the last two decades easily Um, he should have been at the Euros a fit Lee Griffiths firing and all cylinders would have been there. Um and that's a pity because you've mentioned his age Rob and there's not too many chances left, you know, for him to get back into that squad a fit Lee Griffiths at thirty two, you know, or going to a World Cup possibly, if the if the team can qualify, he needs to be part of that. He needs to be one of those players um that's a driving force. We've spoke about the performances of Scotland at the Euros and, and what they lacked and what they could be doing with and, and having a player of his calibre in the squad Certainly wouldn't do them any harm, you know, just, it, just
1: looking at his stats: two hundred sixty-one appearances for Celtic, one hundred and twenty-three goals.
2: Not too bad, eh?
1: That's pretty good. That's yeah. up there with you. Uh, well,
2: the thing is, and that's anybody when Lee Griffiths comes off the bench uh, or he starts games, you know, he's going to at least create one chance for himself. That's what he does. You know, it, we've seen it even in the games when he was unfit, overweight, apparently. Um, he still comes on, he's a goal threat, he gets those goals, he's a penalty box striker, he comes up with moments of brilliance, whether it's a set piece, um, he's a winner. I love his, his enthusiasm on the pitch, I think he's one of these players that drags other people over the line. Um, he wears his heart on his sleeve when he plays, but he doesn't do that enough and that's what disappoints you as a Scotland fan, as a Celtic fan, uh, that have been frustrated with him you know, for a number of seasons now. But it is, it's up to him, he's been given an opportunity whether he takes that or not whether there's another uh line in the contract you know that, that possibly would be up for review after a certain period of time only you know time will tell but I would love to see him back in all cylinders and you, you know you would love to see him part of that Scotland team again
1: and maybe part of the the maybe part of the decision making process as well um is the fact that uh Celtic don't have many strikers on the go no. at the moment uh, and there's all sorts of question marks.
2: And perhaps you know that's what Ange Postacoglu has identified and knows uh, the potential that's there with Lee Griffiths and, and what he can offer to the team. He's a player that's been there, seen it, done it, knows exactly what the club's about uh, and, and he's one of those players that he can invest in. And you know, I listened to Craig Moore speak, um, Ryan McGowan on the show last week and everything that they had to say about Ange Postacoglu tells me that if anybody can get the best out of Lee Griffiths and get him back on track, then it sounds like it's this guy, but we'll just need to wait and see how that pans out.
1: It's Leon Crichton and Rob McLean on the Go Radio Football Show. And let's talk to the former Celtic defender, Danish international as well, Eric Sviatchenko. Hi, Eric. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, Eric. How are you doing?
3: I'm great, thank you. How are you guys doing?
1: Yeah, we're, we're well, thanks. You, you'll be, we've been talking about it already on the show, Eric. You'll be dead excited about Saturday in Baku, Czech Republic, against Denmark, how far are they going to? How far are the Danes going to go in this?
3: No, but there's a saying in Denmark that we're going to win the European, so uh, that's where where we're heading, hopefully.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that that would be a fantastic happy ending after the horrible start, uh, the Christian Eriksson episode. Uh, it was just it was it was just dreadful, wasn't it, Eric?
3: Yeah, it was. It was like. For everyone who was watching the game, it was 1.7 million Danish people watching it. Uh, so for everyone, it was a a tragical uh, situation. But uh, luckily, uh, Christian uh, has um, has overcome uh, the first initial uh, part and is is actually doing okay, as we know. And, and that's maybe the most important uh, thing. Then everything with football is secondary. The the, the life is the most cherished thing now
1: absolutely um and i mean denmark did so well to to actually reach the knockout stages because i guess the odds were stacked against them going into the final game but once you get through anything's popu- uh, possible isn't it and uh, and i suppose you would you would be feeling re- reasonably optimistic about denmark beating the czech republic who of course beat scotland but the least we said about that the better <laughs>
3: yeah but the the belief is, is strong of course uh, especially because i think that denmark is actually one of the the most informed teams at the moment, maybe uh, the, the best team of them all. Uh, they have been been playing really well, especially the last two games, where they showed uh, the qualities, especially offensively. Um, so, in that sense, I think um, they have a good chance against the Czech Republic, and of course, uh, they 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 are the the favorites by by a little.
1: I think um, I th- probably Denmark are quite a lot of people's favourites be- because of what happened that day uh, in Copenhagen and, and just the reaction. I mean, there were so many heroes came out of it, weren't there? The, the medical teams, the physios, the doctors, um, plus the, the likes of uh, Simon Kerr uh, and Kasper Schmeichel who showed not just leadership qualities but, re- but human, uh, human qualities in, in the way they dealt with what was happening on that pitch.
3: Yeah, totally agree. It was um, there was some some really magical things happening in a in a
1: kind of really really tra-
3: tra- tragical situation, especially with the with those uh, people as you mentioned. They they really showed their their inner strength, especially in a situation where where it's really really in a in a pressured uh, moment. Uh, they had the the surplus energy also to. To think in a in a cool moment, uh, and uh, yeah, I think everyone did um, brilliantly and and showed uh, true uh, camaraderie and uh, and and spirit as well.
2: Eric, it's Leanne here. How are you doing?
3: Hi, I'm good, thank you.
2: Good, good. I'm just thinking. uh, You mentioned about the the form of Denmark just now. Is there a real belief in in all seriousness that this Danish team could get themselves all all the way to the final?
3: I think there is the the optimism is, is certainly there and uh, and I'm I'm of course also talking as a as a fan of Denmark and as a Dane but of course if you look at it objectively especially the last two games I don't think you can argue against that Denmark has looked uh, really really good uh, in in all aspects and especially to come come back from such a strong uh, experience as as it was for for everyone I think they have um, come even even uh, closer together, and, and now they just have this thing to to show everyone that we will do it. We will do it for for of course Christian Eriksen, but of course for everyone, and also the fans and and the team has in some way melted into to one, uh, and that is that's that's perfect actually in in this sense.
1: And if you can beat England somewhere along the way, that would be good as well, Eric. That we would we'd obviously <laughs> we'd obviously appreciate it that. It, it would yeah um the the celtic uh mitchell and champions league qualifier is uh, not far away now it's not f- not much more than two and a half weeks away now um how much are you looking forward to that
3: nah, it's gonna be amazing as well um uh, something that uh i knew could happen with with uh, with the draw coming up with with celtic in the pot and uh, when it didn't happen it was uh, of course a bit more special for me than it might be for some of my teammates um and also for for Celtic, it's always funny to to go against former former teammates, and uh, yeah, especially because I have a, had a really really good time, and uh, we had some special moments uh, with Celtic at that point, with some some unprecedented things happened. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be amazing.
1: There's been talk about about you coming back to Celtic. Um, oh, has there? Yeah, there has. There's there's been rumor rumor. <laughs> come on, you, I've, you've, seen, I've seen it. Yeah, uh, is there is it more than rumor?
3: Nah, it's difficult for for me to say more. Um, it's always when it's rumors, it's rumors, and uh, unless I hear anything else, it's just a rumor. But um, I'm, as I always said, Celtic is is close to my heart as is uh, Michelin. So those are the two clubs that I that I follow, and uh, whatever happens happens, but it's it's not up to me. And, and for, for now, I'm I'm just doing everything I can to to beat Celtic and, and go through to to the next stage.
1: So you're looking ahead to that game in two and a half weeks' time. I'm wondering who you're going to be, who you're going to be playing for of the, of the two teams, potentially.
3: Uh, I think I'm going to play against Celtic, uh, but it's going to be a, a great game and, and something that I'm looking forward to, to, to of course, play the game and, and be in that mindset, but also to to see all the, the former players and stuff
1: but you're obviously open minded where something to come through and there's no doubt that Celtic need to need to bolster the squad defensively there are, there are a few holes to fill in that regard and, and i guess with someone like yourself that they would know exactly what they're getting
3: yeah you can argue uh for uh, for that that uh, that i've uh, i know what the club is about but again it's so difficult to talk about transfer rumors and and, and what's to happen uh, for now it's it's more speculations and for for my sake, of it is it's just to to focus on uh, what what's there and and at the moment I am uh, a captain of Michelin and and something that I'm I'm really proud of and uh, then we'll see what what the transfer window will will uh, will offer.
1: It must be great to to think back on on your spell with Celtic. I think five winners medals uh, in your time. You you might correct me. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe it was more than that. And you yeah, right. and obviously you were part of. Uh, you know that that run of success that ultimately ended up ended up in a quadruple treble.
3: Yeah, yeah, it was it was crazy, especially going unbeaten through a season uh, and uh, being a part of that first season in some way with with an integral uh, member of the staff and squad. Um, so of course, that's something that you look upon and and always are happy about.
1: Do, do you think that had it not been for injury, you might still have been there? Sorry again. Do you, do you think that had it not been for injury, you might still have been a Celtic player?
3: Um, I think I think so. Actually, I think it was um, it was the worst timing of timings at that point. But again, I, I came back to Midtjylland and has improved even more. Has played Champions League yet another time and has won trophies here. And feel I've become um, yeah a much better player than I was actually when I left Celtic. So uh, there's nothing that I that, that I want to say it wasn't the right decision but of course when you look at before the injury uh, it could have been different but again football is such an uh, a roller coaster sometimes and you have to, to be able to adapt quickly.
2: Eric you mentioned you captain uh, and as well and it's been well documented here Scott Brown's departure at, at Celtic and him moving on to, to Pastures New at Aberdeen. How big of a loss will Scott Brown be to that Celtic dressing room?
3: No, it's it's of course uh, a huge thing whenever you you lose a a captain. But of course, it's not a captain who's just been there for a couple of uh, of years. He's been there <laughs> through thick and thin. So of course, it's it's going to be a a huge loss. But again, uh, time was was for it, and 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 I think now that uh, it's a new era uh, to begin, and and you'll have to be able to find another another captain who can who can do it in in their own way and. Uh, I think they will be able to to find that, but of course he was a he was a really important thing uh, and 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 person in in Celtic.
1: Do you still keep close tabs on on Celtic and what they've been doing, Eric, and 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 what sort of scale of rebuild do you think is required for them?
3: Yeah, yeah, I have keeping a close eye on on what's happening, and also because it's it's um, it's easy to get news whenever you are. Uh, on 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 Twitter and all all these sorts of media. So mm. I've been keeping a, keeping an eye of of it. And of course, it's a, it is a rebuild, and, and and you have to to go through these phases uh, once in a while. Sometimes they come in a in a in a good timing. Sometimes they don't. And at the at the moment, they of course they they haven't been in the in the best shape. But in football, it can be turned around quickly uh, if you have the right. Uh, Mentality, and and I think the the club and players, of course, ha- have that.
1: Were you surprised last season at how the quest for ten in a row ended up losing in the end by twenty five points to Rangers?
3: Yeah, I think it was a bit of a of a shock for 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 Celtic fans and and, and for people in general that that Rangers were were that good compared to to Celtic. But uh, you remember some some seasons ago where it was the opposite where Celtic were the best team so of course the timing wasn't the best when you're talking about 10 in a row but of course it's, uh, it's a thing they, they will do everything they can Celtic and the players to 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 change around in, in this season and uh, it just has to be uh, after our game against them because we want to go through
1: Yeah exactly and, and do you think I mean you're not exactly a neutral observer of this but but are, are Michelin favourites do you, do you think going into this
3: I think we are. I wouldn't say we're in a similar situation, but of course, it's always difficult when you when you are in the beginning of a transfer window in some way or in the middle of it, and that people are going, people are staying. You don't know which squad they are. Um, so I, 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 it's, it's difficult for me to say who the favourites are. I would still say it's um, it's quite open, and 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 the game will be will be close. Both teams can play physically. Both teams can play. Uh, good football, and it, it 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 will be decided on on small things uh, like maybe a set piece or something like that.
1: And in terms of the Euros, should should we be making a small investment in Denmark going all the way, possibly?
3: Uh, you might do that. <laughs> I think Denmark Denmark has a has a good opportunity, and especially when you are at Dane, you you hope to to see some of the magical that happened in in back in ninety two. So
1: uh, hopefully. And you'll be keeping a check on all those social media sources over the next uh, few days and weeks just to see if there are any more transfer rumours, Eric, surrounding yourself?
3: <laughs> I would definitely see it <laughs> because a lot of silting fans are riding, so that's, uh, that's positive.
1: <laughs> Sounds like you've got some kids in the background to deal with, so I'll let, you, yeah, I'll, let you right. go, I'll let you take care of that pressure situation just now. But really nice to talk to you.
3: Likewise, thank you guys. All the
1: best. That is Eric Sviatchenko, the Michelin captain, uh, looking ahead to the game against Celtic as those rumours persist that uh, Celtic might even be re-signing him and uh, giving us a little guide to uh, uh, how Denmark uh, might do at the Euros already into the last eight. Uh, could they go considerably further? It's the Go Radio Football Show. It's Rob McLean and Leanne Crichton.
0: The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five.
1: On your travel, it is the Go Radio Football Show. It is, unless somebody corrects me, um, Thursday. Is it Thursday? Correct, yes. And and on Tuesday, of course, Leanne, you and I were uh, at Hamden watching uh, the last... Uh, Scottish connection to the European Championship Finals, which was uh, that uh, last match of the last 16. Uh, and it turned into a bit of a, a marathon, didn't it? Um, but uh, no, it, was, it, it wasn't it was quite the goals of the night before, um, but uh, it was pretty exciting stuff and a, and a dramatic ending. We were pre- preparing ourselves for the penalty shootout, weren't we?
2: Well, I know I was torn by the end of it because I thought, it, have I been... Disappointed too that we're not getting a penalty shootout after sitting here yeah. you know, the whole yeah. night on we the back. We felt as if we deserved it. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. But no, listen. Credit to the the players. Credit to Ukraine because they were the massive underdogs as we spoke about before the game. You know, Sweden's run a form. Um, they seem to be the well and truly the favourites, even based on the the performances over the game. I still think at least in ninety minutes they were the better side. But that's the beauty of tournament football. If you don't take your chances in that knockout environment and then it goes to extra time, they go down to 10 players, it changes the, the landscape of the game. Um, and credit to Ukraine. you know, I think they, they rallied, they found a bit of belief in to get that winner in, in stoppage time and in extra time. It's just a phenomenal feeling. You could see what it meant to them.
1: Yeah, that's an inspiring guy they have on the touchline as well. Andre Shevchenko. Um, and he's proving to be, well, he's on the early early roads, I suppose. But he could be as successful a coach as he was a player. And if that happens, then Ukraine are certainly going places. So it's uh, Switzerland, Spain. Uh, tomorrow at five, that's in St. Petersburg. Belgium against Italy. That's one to have us all drooling. Uh, Munich, eight o'clock uh, tomorrow night. Then Saturday, Czech Republic against Denmark, that's in Baku and England, versus the aforementioned uh, Ukraine. Uh, just speaking to Erik Svietchenko, a, a Danish international himself, of course, and and you do wonder sometimes whether a nation have their name written on it. It's written, maybe written in the stars just because of what happened with Christian Eriksen. It looked as if they were going to struggle to get through. They did get through. They play Czech Republic. That's very winnable. And if they do, they're in the semi-finals.
2: Yeah, listen, my heart went out to them not only because of the, the Christian Eriksen situation, but them being asked to play that game against yeah. Finland to finish the match, to lose the match, for that to have potentially cost them their progress within the tournament. Um But all credit to them, you know, and I I understand that probably the human element kicks in where football probably does follow secondary to that, you know, and you can leave everything on the pitch because literally nothing else really matters, you know. Like, Mm. everything was put into perspective for that Danish team. I think everything was put into perspective for any viewer that was watching it and anybody that has a love of football and sport and was invested in that moment. Um, But it would be quite remarkable, you know, if they... I think even to see them at a final, you know, for them to go the whole way and and to use that energy and motivation and the team spirit that they already have, but it must be so much stronger now. And they've got quality within their side as well. You know, let's not forget that. It would be no fluke if they got there um, because I do think these tournaments, we've seen it in the past, the teams that have the the strongest team spirit and that togetherness and almost like a club feel about it tend to go on a, a good run. And, you know, we've seen some of the big guns fall already. Um, so the the route is, is looking perhaps a, a bit more straightforward for them
1: Leanne Crichton, Rob McLean on the Go Radio Football Show uh, Sean in Garth Amlock is with us as well, hi Sean
0: Hi there. how are we doing people?
1: I've got this image of you walking around Hoganfield Loch soaking up the sunshine
0: I was earlier and I had my car off so Leanne wouldn't have liked to have seen that thing oh, really? <laughs> right, okay. in fact it disappeared over COVID-19 <laughs> that, so
1: what have I'll you replaced back your six pack with? <laughs>
0: but, uh, but, uh, I was hearing, uh, I was listening to Foxport, um, yeah, uh, Jim White and Diamond on Foxport, and, and I cut all our shows that uh, people are linked to um, Taveners and linked with Man United, Arsenal, yeah. and Brighton. Yep. What do you think the chances are on going there? I don't see it happening, but what does Lee think, and what do you think yourself?
2: I was surprised, if I'm being honest, Sean. Um, probably with the the Arsenal and Man United. I don't, and that's no disrespect to James Tavernier, but when you look at, um, you know what it would be worth to them, and you look at the the player pool that they've already got at both clubs and the money that they have at their disposal, um, I wouldn't have thought that that James Tavernier would have been top of that hit list for them. Um, if you were asking me, you know, to possibly be linked with Brighton, then I, I wouldn't be overly surprised. But I kind of think where James Tavernier is in his career and everything that he's he's overcome at Rangers, um, and the disappointment that he faced over, you know, countless seasons to eventually, you know, go and, and lift that Premier League, I, you know, I I don't really see James Tavernier going anywhere uh, unless it was a huge move. You know, I I don't know why he would because I just think it would be quite a gamble at, at his age. Um, I don't know what sort of contract he, he would get. Um, but it will be interesting Listen, you know there's there's often uh, no smoke without fire as they say
1: you would imagine that I think the feeling I had when I saw that story Sean was that that, um, because he's 29 knocking 30 James Tavernier it probably wouldn't be the age profile you would imagine that uh, the likes of Arsenal and Man United would be operating in but uh, you know as Leanne says, I mean, there's no doubt that that he he's top quality, and that maybe bottom half of the English Premier League, you could see him certainly operating for 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 one of the teams in, in that area. But he's going to take a bit of prizing away from Rangers because he's just such a, a key man, um, and they want to kick on, don't they? They want they want to defend the title, but they also want to make an impact in the get into the Champions League firstly, and make an impact there as well. Yeah, definitely, it was
0: Rob and Leanne. I don't think Man United and Arsenal, I don't think that would happen. I think that's a wee bit realistic. Brighton, has a as a good chance it could. But to be honest, I don't think he would want to go to Brighton because we Rangers playing Champions League football. Challenging for the league again, Scottish Cup, League Cup, and hopefully getting to uh, the last 16. I think they'd be up for that. Man United, it would... I think players would go if they got off of that. But realistically, I don't like Man United. I think it's going Rob uh, and Leanne, I think, more paper talk than anything else. I think that's basically ruled out. But, uh, and for Sunday night, I think if he's got to go, this would probably be the year you have got to make money. See, mm-hmm. it, I mean, probably 30 have got to make money. But I would, I would keep having say, here to, to, to finish these series. A captain, he's had his best season he's ever had. Last season, he, uh, he didn't have a great, well, he was up and down. But a, a guy which, the amount of goals he scored and free kicks and I I I used um, Rangers.
1: To be honest, I think it was one the best players last season. Mm. Some people say it, uh, it was Davis, you know, but I think uh, Cavendish is the best player of the season. Here's some breaking news. It's not, not a Ranger yeah. signing, but it is a Celtic signing. Uh, Sean, if you can bear with us, uh, I don't dare, don't mind. now I, I, it took me a while with Ange Postecoglou mm. to get my to get my teeth around that one and uh, this might be similar so I'm going to have a go at it but uh, Osa- yeah. Osaze Uroghaid uh, or it could be Uroghide um, but anyway he's 20 uh, he's a right back or centre back uh, with Sheffield Wednesday not anymore because he's just signed a, a four year contract with Celtic so Celtic are, are beginning to make some moves Leanne in the in the transfer market
2: Yeah I saw that it was a, a bit of Rumour again the other day, Rob, that they had been linked yeah. um, and they've managed to get that over the line. So you can already see that, that Ange Postacoglu is really proactive in, in what he's doing. And um, are you trying to take notes down there, now, Sean? Is that what you're rumbling about, trying to find out who the Celtic player is?
1: Is that you Googling him? No, um? do, do
2: you know what? Oh yeah, Sean,
0: it's like. I wouldn't be surprised, I've not even got to say the Celtic manager's name, so i am not got to make
2: myself <laughs>
0: laugh at this stuff. I actually think he'll sign a lot of players to play, um, the Asian leagues and that, like China and things like that. I think he'll bring in a few players, like you might struggle to say, a few Celtics. See when you do the team sheet next season for Celtics, you
2: might struggle, Robin Lear. <laughs> I
0: like
2: a rerun at this Euros with the pronunciations on my part anyway. Um, but no he's, he's proactive and he's work yeah. you know and i think what did he he spend his isolation and quarantine period down south before he I think came up to to Scotland so he's clearly got contacts in the game that he's been across and he's had that scouting network um, already you know get the wheels in motion and and there's another signing uh, to go with it
1: and it's so dangerous to to write somebody off just because we don't know too much about him but uh, he might be just about to make a big impact who knows Ange Posticoglu uh, beginning to uh, deepen that Celtic squad and obviously prepare for departures as well, that's going to be part of, of the equation I'm sure as well. What about the potential departure of Alfredo Morelos Sean, there's been a lot of talk about Porto, if they can match Rangers, asking Price do you, do you see him being sold, would you Would you like him to be sold or would you prefer Rangers to hold on to him? To be honest I think, I think he
0: will go to be honest I think Porto or someone I think he will go, I think But do you know what? I've just got to see Rangers. I've got to sell them. I don't want them to go. But see if they've got to sell them. I would like to sell them early on. I don't want Rangers to uh, go down to. I don't know when the transfer window is shut, Rob, you know, well me, But I don't want it to go down to the last two days. No. The transfer window and then we'll sell them. So it's got to to be a weird transfer window this season anyway. Yeah. when we when we get to the final day transfer deadline to Mr. John White's not there, so... Don't
1: Indeed,
0: know yeah. To ...take over that show. Sorry, what you c- charged, I know you've got a lot of media companies, you work for Premier, <laughs> you work for BT, so... You might
1: get your cell in there, mate. Yeah, yeah. I, might, I might get my yellow tie on for the for, for the for the transfer window. he
2: certainly resembles yep. Jim white here. There's a certain uh, characteristics yeah, characteristics yeah, yeah, okay. all that's missing go the n-
1: yellow tie. Go no further, go no further, please. Um
0: yeah, Rob, do you know we do what you say you know go radio to compete with lights are I'm not talking about wee radio cloud, but they like the likes of well, they go on every show they day. they go live on YouTube. I think you should be that guy. I think oh. that would be brilliant. He actually watches and talks at the same time. I think that would make her. I think that would make earth. I think that'd be brilliant for her. I'll,
1: I'll, I'll run that past the management. Uh, Sean thanks for thanks for giving us a call guys, what best Sean. thanks
2: that's
1: uh, that's Sean from Amlock, 0808 17, 17 uh 700 giving us uh, thoughts about uh, what should be what we should be doing with the show uh, apart from talking about all the the transfer rumors that that are ongoing what what do you make of the Morellas stuff is it just talk is it is it just Porto playing games um because we we haven't really heard a hard and fast figure yet have we I know,
2: and I think it, I always feel with Alfredo Morales it could literally go either way. You know, he never comes out and speaks to the media, so we never really know his true feelings. Um, I think he's made it clear, you know, even going back to Europa League games last season and his performances, which were incredible in certain games. And Steven Gerrard's comments about why he knows, the reasons why his performances seem to be better when he's on that stage and... That was almost hinting towards him looking for that move. So I don't think you can deny the fact that at some stage, Alfredo Morelos sees himself as as moving on from Rangers, whether now would be the right time to do that or not. But what Rangers will be is on the front foot with their recruitment. And I don't think, like Sean said, I think that's a good point. I I don't see it going down to the last couple of days of a transfer Mm -hmm. window. Unless Rangers are absolutely set with the squad that they have and that they're confident that they've got a group of players together that can push in the Champions League and, and qualify um and, and go on a really strong run because that's what they've identified as their next target. You know, as, as much as they want that domestic treble and more success in Scotland, they want to go and get that that footprint in Europe.
1: It's really difficult, isn't it, handling a transfer window because you've got to have all sorts of contingency plans right up to the end of the window because if something does happen late on, you've got to be ready to pounce to, to replace the outgoing player.
2: Absolutely, and I think with Alfredo Morelos it's always been something in the background. There's always been speculation. He's been linked with numerous clubs during his time at, at Rangers. So I think the recruitment team won't be slow. You know, if, if there's not somebody already identified to replace Alfredo Morelis, um, or they're not confident in the group of players that they've got, that will happen before Alfredo Morelos will leave the club. And the figure in the, the sum of money, if the Porto rumour um, comes to fruition, I think it's going to still need to be one hell of an offer. You know, because for Rangers to give up a prized asset um, before the season that they're about to embark on, it, it would need to be worth it for them.
1: So, we've told you already about, uh, we've broken the news about that new Celtic signing. It's gone through a four year deal. We've also had former Celtic defender Eric Viatchenko on the show. And he certainly wasn't ruling out completely the possibility of a return to Glasgow.
0: The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five.
1: So on Go Radio, the football show, Rob McLean and Leanne Crichton, and tonight's competition is to pronounce the name of Celtic's new signing. <laughs> Osaze Uroghide, I'm going for. It could be Urugide. Uh He was born in the Netherlands to Nigerian parents, moved to England At the age of five, he was with AFC Wimbledon. He's most recently been with uh, Sheffield Wednesday, from whom, of course, Celtic uh, have already signed Liam Shaw. Um, So he, today, has been announced by Celtic as a new signing. Age 20, plays right back or centre back. They're obviously uh, strengthening that area. They have to. Uh, Jack Hendry was one who might have come back, but he, of course, has signed a deal with Ostend and could be on the move to West Brom if the... Uh, transfer rumours are accurate, um, but Sheffield Wednesday seems to be a, a popular source for recent Celtic signings, Leon.
2: Yeah, it does. Uh, you would assume that Ange Postecoglou must have some contacts within the game that have identified these players as is fitting the bill and, and players that could go to Celtic and make an impact. And just double checking, uh, Liam Shaw's age—he's twenty, right? As well, so, so a couple of young players, but mm-hmm. y- you know, you would hope that it was players for. Um, Celtics um, you know that would fit the the mould for that club and I know we like, I've just said to you off air there a, a two to three year plan possibly mm-hmm. for Ange Postacoglu and I know that with that there must be some level of success but I think if you're realistically looking at the rebuilding job that he's got on his hands I don't think what you can do either is go out and buy nine or ten 27, 28, 29, 30 year olds and expect that to be a quick fix solution i don't see ange postecoglou being the type of manager that would do that and his first couple of signings would indicate that he's got some sort of plan there and in celtics kind of remit over the last number of years is bringing in good young players and developing them bringing players through the academy and selling them on for X amount of money more than they brought them in, and, and that certainly worked for them. So it looks, you know, by all means, it, that that pattern's going to continue.
1: It's a lovely thought, isn't it? It's a long term plan and to <laughs> wonder where Celtic might be in two or three years' time and, and get these guys bedded in and give them time to develop under Celtic's coaching methods and all the rest of it. But the reality tells us um, that if if Andrew Postacoglu gets off to a dodgy first three months, there will not be a two or three year plan.
2: Possibly, because that is the way Scottish football can treat you. That's the way football can be. But I think if you look on the other side of the city, Rangers and the plan that they had under Stephen Gerrard and his coaching team, he was offered time. You know, and but was that not
1: different because they were coming back? They'd come up the leagues. They were they were building themselves back into being a top Premiership team again. They were they were they were on the rungs of the ladder. Uh, it was that progression. Whereas Celtic are coming off having you know, gone from quadruple, treble to nothing.
2: Yeah, but I think when you look at the, the team that Celtic had and, and the team that they will have this season, they're going to be very different, you know, and I think we, we probably slowly but surely need to start getting away from that success that Celtic have delivered over the last number of years because I think that is a natural transition. That's a team that's ran its course. It's come to an end. So many key figures have moved on from that, people that were hugely influential, um, players that have, have came and went. And I think we'll continue to do so, even in the next couple of months. You know, Ange Postecoglou will bring in new signings, but I do believe that before that transfer window slams shut, that there'll be another couple of bodies that will go out that uh, exit door at Celtic Park. So,
1: do you think the Celtic fans would accept that? Do you think do you think they would accept an eighteen-month recovery period, for instance, just throwing a timescale into it, to for for them to be back ultra competitive? Uh, and scrapping with Rangers for the title again. Do you think they would take another season where they're going to be second best?
2: I don't think they would accept a second best season of a twenty-five point deficit. You know, I think that for for Celtic fans, uh, that's a one-off. You know, that is the way. I think the way any old firm fan feels that's never acceptable. Um, but I think in the process, you need to be able to see the long game as well. And I think if under Postecoglou, Celtic fans can see a rebuilding job there that looks exciting, that there's a brand of football that gets bums off seats at Celtic Park. Hopefully there's going to be fans back in um by the time the season kicks off and, and those numbers will gradually increase. I think if you can see a pattern and there's a they're competitive and they're up there and they're still the Celtic side that are beating every other team in the league other than your biggest rivals and you're at least having a competition with them, I think the Celtic fans would need to accept it because realistically... Nowadays, what do you expect when you've got such an overhaul of players in such a goldfish bowl of Scotland? You know, I think that's yeah. you need to be realistic and, and open your mind up to that.
1: Definitely. I mean what Celtic have signed today is a 20-year-old who might be the best thing since sliced bread and immediately pops into the into the first team and, and that's it. Or they need to be signing finished articles as well like Eric Svetchenko, who was with us at the top of the show. I mean, I, I actually thought, he, I thought he's been around such a long time. I thought he was older. He's only 29. He's the captain of Michelin, and that, that tells you uh, the, the the level they operate at. And clearly, uh, in our chat with him earlier on, he wasn't going to commit to anything, obviously, but, but he, he wasn't ruling out as well that the possibility that he could come back to Celtic.
2: No, I think he, he would need to remain open-minded about that because especially when you leave a place on, on good terms like Eric Svetchenko did, we spoke about his injuries in the time and all of that, would he possibly have still been a, a Celtic player now? Um, I think you would you would always need to consider a return to a club that size. You know, you could never walk away from that and, and any player that I've listened to that speak about their affiliation with an old firm side, it stays with them forever you know, because everything that comes with being part of those clubs is, is quite significant. Um, but what you might find is that those signings come in a bit later in the window because those are the experienced players that you would almost expect to hit the ground running that would come in and, and implement themselves within the squad quite quickly. If you're looking to bring in younger players, 19, 20 year olds, you would want them in as quickly as you could to suss them out, see how much knowledge of the game they've got, see what their character's like in and around the place uh, and really bed down your philosophy and, and your imprint on them. So I think, you know, looking at the, the way things are panning out, he's only been in, how many days have we? Just <laughs> over a week now yeah. that he's, he's really taken yeah. over and there's already positive signs there for Celtic fans to, to take.
1: A couple of things I want to speak to you about before we're finished, Leanne. Uh, firstly, Scott Booth's departure as Glasgow City manager. He's gone to Birmingham City, and uh, Six-year spell, lots of lots of success. Were you surprised that he that he went?
2: Uh, I was surprised. I, I took the call, I think it was Monday night. Uh, I spoke to Scott and, and he let us know that that was his decision um, before it kinda hit the news, which was, was nice of him to do. Uh, I'm not overly surprised that he's decided to, to move on and that he's, he's taken an opportunity because I think when you look at six years, it's probably a, a fairly lengthy time in, in football, really. The opportunities within the women's game can come round often but sometimes the the right ones don't come round too often um some people are you know surprised that, that he hasn't been linked more with the the vacant Scotland manager's job mm. because that, that. that you know in the men's game that would probably be a natural progression mm. if you're the the top performer in Scotland mm-hmm. and you're you're very successful um you would automatically be linked with that but surprisingly there, there's not been too much chat around that so Credit to Scott, you know, it's probably taken him out of his comfort zone as well. He's had six wonderful seasons at Glasgow City um, as a group. We've, we've delivered some incredible moments, wonderful moments that I think will live with everybody. Um, I'm sure it will take Scott to another level in, in his coaching journey um, because he has also been fortunate enough, as, as much as we've been fortunate enough to have him, he's worked with some incredible pros and, and I don't even include myself in that. The players, oh, the, the players that he's had at his disposal at Glasgow City the players that he's brought in um, have challenged him in different ways so I I wish him all the very best I hope it's a success down in England I think it'll be tough because you know, Birmingham are one of those sides that have always bobbed around middle to bottom in the table so it'll be interesting to see if he can mm-hmm. get any more out of the club and, and get any more backing and support because Uh, the financial backing across that league down there is is astronomical just now.
1: You're talking about that vacancy, the Scotland uh, vacancy. Stuart McLaren's been interim manager for, it seems like, a hell of a long time now. Um, Is that becoming embarrassing that that, that it hasn't been filled?
2: Yeah, it's been embarrassing for a long time, Rob. I think it's frustrating, you know, and I keep in touch with a lot of the players that are in the squad. And don't get me wrong, they've enjoyed it working under Stuart and, there's been really positive signs. I think it's been an enjoyable you know, couple of camps. There's been a right feel-good factor around the players. But let's not mess about here. This is six months that the Scotland women's national team have gone without a manager, without a di- clear direction, without a clear plan of action. Um, there's qualifiers that start in September. You're not giving really a, a head coach too much time to come in. I just wish that if the job was going to go to Stuart, that that decision would have been made a lot quicker and and there would have been a bit more clarity around it. Um, But that seems to be the the way the Scottish women's national team is, is treated, you know, more often than not. And for me, that is the biggest frustration because at a certain point, we probably felt in the national team that if we got to a certain level we would need to stop rattling the door and asking the questions and demanding for leaders to take control of of our team and and drive it and push it in the right direction and it almost feels that once you overcome one hurdle and you get to another base, uh, you're knocked back down again and, and you start again. So, I just hope they make a decision soon um, they get that announcement out there and they give the, the team and the players the best chance of qualification that they possibly can.
1: And just a closing thought from you about the Scotland men's team um, is it a few steps forward and one back after what happened in these three games? I mean we can see that the Czech Republic who we lost to in the opening game are now in the last eight potentially getting into the semi-finals if, if they can beat Denmark Croatia just lost to, to Spain England, well whisper it but could win the whole darn thing Uh, how do you view Scotland looking back
2: no I don't think I don't think we've taken steps back the way I think it was always going to be one of these experiences that would either sweep us off our feet and, and take us in this whirlwind experience or there was going to be some setbacks that you needed to learn from dust yourself down and go again and if anything all the players and the coaching staff need to do is take motivation and inspiration and those learning experience to make themselves better. If anything, it should just make the players even more hungry and determined because I know the group of players that I was part of in 2017, the one thing that experience gave us was the determination to go and do it again and deliver it again. And when you get there, you need to just try and learn and become better and stronger and I've got no doubt in my mind that Scotland and the players and the coaching staff will come back better for it.
1: Leanne, thanks very much for the last hour. We have uh, told you that Celtic have made moves in the in the transfer market, uh, breaking that news earlier on. We also spoke to uh, Eric Fierencio at the top of the show, looking ahead to Michelin against Celtic, which is just about two and a half weeks away now. That that Champions League qualifier. And uh, obviously, looking ahead to Denmark against Czech Republic on Saturday in the Euro quarterfinals. Finals. That's all we've got time for for today. Our sixty minutes has come and gone. We will do the same tomorrow with Paul Cooney and Mark Guidi live at five.
2: The Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five.